You're listening to the Broncos Audio Zone. And thank you for joining us here on the Neutral Zone. I'm Phil Milani, joined as always by my trusty co-host, Eric Dalala. Eric, what's happening, man? It's just the two of us today, Phil. Yeah, no Ben Swanson, no Emily Samanskis. It's just the two of us. Back to the beginnings. Yeah, kind of the core the core of the podcast. And it's, sometimes it's a I short, like it like It's a that. short week. Exactly. And they're... Uh, they're not quite ready to practice. They'd be DNPs on today on today's podcast practice report. Exactly. Uh, Swanson out with a sore throat. <laughs> Correct. You Illness. Know, you cannot cannot podcast with a sore throat. No. You can't even supervise. No. You really can't do much of anything. So he's just got to rest up. I think. Uh, I think the Broncos are optimistic he'll be available for Thursday, but you obviously can't predict anything on a Monday. Exactly. Uh, he's just in the rehab room. Trying to get get to Thursday. Exactly. Yeah, it's, a, t- it's tougher for uh, some people than others. You know, we're kind of like the quarterbacks of the neutral zone. We're so, here every single week ready to go. Well, but also we don't take the physical beating. That, That's true. You know, Swanson does the <laughs> grunt work. <laughs> that is true. He's like a, he's like a guard. Yeah, he's just, yeah, exactly. His Running knees back. are sore. His throat's sore. So tough. And, you know, you've hit that point in the season where, hey, you played six, you gone through six weeks. Things are starting to hurt. That's true. Uh, no, Emily, not everyone's injured, but uh, everyone's ex- hurt. Exactly. Now, Emily is uh, out because she's grinding. Right. Not injury related. We not, see those some days. <laughs> not an injury related. Vet related. day. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, we have a lot of good things to talk about here as we uh, go through head coach Vic Fangio's day after press conference. We'll get started by uh, some of the things that we'll, we'll first get started by talking about the game. The Broncos, of course, beat the Titans 16-0. First shutout since 2017. It's true. You know who they beat? They beat the New York Jets 23-0. Yep. Good. You passed the quiz. I remember that day. Yeah. Fondly. It was a November afternoon, maybe <laughs> December. Uh, it was December. later in the season. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, we'll talk about the game for a little bit, and then we'll get into uh, Fangio's press conference. We'll talk about, hey, is this game against the Chiefs, is that a measuring stick type of game for the Broncos? Then uh, we'll get into Patrick Mahomes a little bit. He's leading the league in passing yards, already has more than 2,100 passing yards. Very impressive uh, through six games. Jeez. Then we'll talk about the Broncos' secondary, uh, specifically Devontae Harris. Uh, as he uh, filled in for uh, Bosby, who is out. so uh, On IR. Exactly. And then uh, we'll wrap things up by talking about Deshaun Hamilton and where he's at as the Broncos' third wide receiver. Um, and he might have to play a bigger role, too, this week if Emmanuel Sanders, who left that Titans game, isn't ready to go by Thursday. It's true. How does that sound, Eric? Uh, you know, as far as Mondays go, as far as victory Mondays go, Sounds pretty good. Did you wake up feeling like, hey, this is a victory Monday? Felt a little different. I don't know if you um, saw Mr. Shannon Sharp, Pro Football Hall of Famer Shannon Sharp, pump the crowd up before the game. I did. I made that my alarm tone. <laughs> so when I woke up this morning, I was like, let's go. And and then you just jumped out of bed. I just sat straight up in bed, uh, chugged a coffee, took a five-hour energy, 
<laughs> Sprinted 10 miles and then came to work to grind. Uh, I had some mochi tea. Exactly. Some West yeah. Rock coffee. That's, uh, is that the gold package? It's the one with the elephant on the front. Got it. Got it. Where'd you get it from? Um, well, normally I get it from my local King Supers, but today I uh, found it at my loaf and jug convenience store. Got it. Got it. Got it. I. Uh, well, Eric, what did you think about the Broncos' performance against the Titans? Seven sacks, three interceptions for the defense. First time they've done that since 1984. Do you remember Orwell. that game? You remember that game? Remember that book? Tremendous book. Not that good of a book, but uh, they beat the I think Browns we're supposed to like that book, right? Which book is that? 1984. I don't know what that is. Okay, it's like a a book about a uh, dystopian a society where. Uh, Everyone's mm. watching you. Big Brother. That's where Big Brother came from. 1984. Yeah. Mm. I thought that was like uh, Fahrenheit for... Mm, similar. Yeah. Similar. Was that 471? That, uh, Fahrenheit 451. 51, yeah, yeah. That was about book burning. Yeah, but also sort of a messed up society, the temp- right? That's the temperature that paper catches on fire. Got it. Got it. Yeah, there you go. So, um, no, it was impressive. And we talked about there being a shutout two years ago. But then there was another one, I think, in 2004. And, and really, there's only been three in the last 25 years or something like that. So Shutout is hard. It's more impressive than maybe the there was one two years ago makes it sound. It was an impressive performance. That's what we were looking for, Phil. That's what the Vic Fangio defense looks like. Yeah. Didn't somebody ask him, hey, uh, blah, 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 what do you think about this or that? And he goes, how many points did they score? Yeah, somebody said, uh, <laughs> how'd the cornerbacks hold up? And he was yeah. like, they didn't score any points. <laughs> yeah, they held up exactly. okay. Love it. Yeah. Yeah, no, I thought that was Fair a good assessment. performance. Uh, interesting that the, for the first couple of weeks of the season, they couldn't get any sacks, they couldn't get any turnovers, and then boom, two weeks in a row now, they've just had it rolling. Yeah, and they, uh, they're at the point now where those first three weeks without sacks, kind of, it doesn't really mean anything because they've been so good the last few weeks. They didn't have one against the Chargers, but I think they had five against the Jaguars, and then seven on Sunday against the uh, the Titans. So they're like, they're ranked like 20th in the NFL yeah. in sacks. They're fourth in total defense. They're fourth in passing defense. I think they're seventh in uh, scoring defense. This yeah, they're defense, right where we thought they'd be. This defense is good. Now, what do you think changed th- after four weeks sitting at 0-4 and, and then all of a sudden now things seem to be uh, clicking. I think it's twofold. One, I do think that the personnel moves that they've made have been really big with Mike Purcell, Mike Purcell and Alexander Johnson and Kareem Jackson coming back from injury. And, and you got to remember, you're still missing, you're missing Bryce Callahan, who's supposed to be good. You're missing Bradley Chubb at the other outside linebacker position. Like this defense yeah. could be even better, but I, I also think there's something to be said for, Hey, we're a month into the season. Now everything makes a little bit more sense. Guys know where they're supposed to be. Things start to click. Um, I think it was Derek Wolf who said there was always going to be some growing pains with a new defense, and maybe we're now seeing them turn the corner. So I think it's equal parts. The personnel is working well together, but then the defense is starting to click. Yeah, I agree. I think that uh, each week throughout the season, they've gotten a little bit better. And, uh, you know, it's a complicated defense. There's a lot of checks. The whole defense has to be playing on the same page for it to work. And, uh, not that they were bad the first few weeks there. I mean, I think that they did a pretty good job for the most part against some uh, better offenses in the league, especially going up to Green Bay. I thought they did an okay job there. But now it seems like they're really rolling and everybody feels comfortable. And we heard a lot of those things uh, from the Broncos locker room last night. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Um, 
and you're right. They they didn't play poorly by any stretch of the imagination. They gave up 16 points to the Bears. They gave up 27 to the Packers, and you know two of those touchdowns came on really short fields after Broncos turnover. So it's not like this defense was was bad the first few weeks of the season. It's that really the only half that's been terrible was the second half against Jacksonville, where they ran for 229 yards in one half. Yeah. Now, what do you think about the other side of the ball? The Broncos offense only scores 16 points, but to me, that's indicative of the type of game it was. Hey, it was the Titans have a good, they have a great defense, and it was going to be one of those physical kind of games where they just have to drag it out. And, you know, you even asked Fangio on Monday, you said, hey, why did you, uh, didn't you decide to go long field goal, right? And yeah, fourth and one midway through the second quarter. I think it was about the somewhere in the uh, between the 40 and 35 yard line and said did you consider going for it why did you have Brandon McManus kick that long field goal because it was only three nothing at the time and McManus hasn't been great at 50 plus yard field goals I think he snapped a streak of missing several in a row and Vic said I think at that point I could tell this was going to be a really low scoring game where points were at a premium and so I wouldn't necessarily take the offense's performance which I mean, they weren't good on, on third down at all. I think they were 2 of 14 or something like that. Uh, but they did what they needed to do, and they played a brand of football that they weren't going to get beat. You know, they, exactly. weren't, they weren't dropping. They took a couple shots. They took that one to Sutton down the sideline for 41 yards, and then they took one to Fant that hit him in the back and probably would have been a big play had he been able to locate the ball because he had positioning. But they didn't put themselves in a position where Flacco was going to get strip-sacked or they were going to throw a bad pick down on their end of the field. Uh, and they basically said the Titans can't score two touchdowns. Exactly. And I think that that you have to remember that when you look at all the stats and everything like that is just, Hey, they played what they, or they did what they needed to do to win the game. And some, some games that doesn't mean trying to go out there and score 40 points, but uh, sometimes it means like, Hey, we're just going to ground and pound and we're going to try and just do whatever it takes to, claw our way to a victory right and i they've all talked about that before vic has talked about that joe flacco rich gangarello if we need to win one week by winning three nothing we'll do it and if we need to win 40 to 37 or whatever we'll try to do that too i wouldn't expect them to play as conservatively maybe as they did against the chiefs because you'll need points to win obviously 16 won't cut it but the chiefs defense also isn't nearly as Uh, or hasn't been as dangerous as the Titans. So they should be able to run the ball better. They should be able to throw the ball down the field a little bit more. Maybe if it's fourth and one on their side of the field, you're probably going for it against Kansas City. Yeah, I think in certain games, you got to just be a little bit more aggressive. That being said, uh, Joe Flacco has done a nice job, but he's throwing an interception in every game this season. Does that concern you at all? Um, I would say the only game where the interceptions or the turnovers really killed you was against the Packers. I mean, he had that pick against Jacksonville, but they should have end up hurting them in that game too much three points. And you could, you could argue that you need to be able to bounce back from a pick where you, you only allow three points Um, against the chargers. um, When, when was that one? Oh, that was the one down on the goal line and Alexander Johnson then picked off the pass up back and forth. Didn't hurt him, but it could have been, problematic the one of the bears was right in the red zone it was on the goal line right and they ended up coming back down and taking the lead later what i will say is that we saw a stretch last year where case keenum didn't turn the ball over for weeks and the the problem but it was didn't matter 
the problem was they were losing anyway because he wasn't being aggressive enough. And exactly. so I don't mind if you're taking these shots down the field, Flacco's shown more often than not that he's going to hit on them or Cortland Sutton's going to draw a pass interference penalty. Um, Which it should have been at the end of yeah, the first that was, half. That, that was, was quite the call. Uh and so I'm okay with an occasional interception. He's had some weird ones too, like against the the, um, the Jaguars. He tried to pull it back, and yeah, he did the same thing against the Packers. So as he gets more comfortable with guys, I think that maybe that'll go down a little bit. But he's not throwing three picks a game. It's been one, one. Obviously, I think a couple yeah. there against, uh, or maybe just one against the the Packers, huh? Um, he had the strip. Where the strip, he, but, yeah, but so. one pick, yeah. So, yeah, I do think that Flacco's done a great job, and he's clearly a, a leader now in that locker room, but he has uh, turned it turned it over in every game. So I'm sure that he'd like to have a couple of those things back, but like you said, at certain times, you got to try and be aggressive and take some shots. That's a fluke play where Fant just can't really find the ball, doesn't know what's happening, bounces off his back and right into a defender's arm. So... You know, things like that I can live with because, hey, you're being aggressive. You're trying to move the ball down the field, and um, there's no problem with that. Agree. In my opinion. So, all right, so that's our recap of the Broncos' 16 nothing win over the Tennessee Titans to improve to 2-4 and four on the season. God, Eric, doesn't it feel like they could be 4-2 and two right now? It does feel that way. You know, that's that's the NFL, though, and it's hard to play those games because you never know. I personally think that maybe if you, and we talked about this earlier, if you beat the Bears and the Jaguars at home, I'm not sure you have the same energy or intensity going to L.A. Yeah, you can. I mean, I think that... Uh, you can always play that what if, you know? Yeah, exactly. Because you exactly. can also say if, if the Broncos don't come out flat in one half against the Raiders, they thoroughly outplayed them in the second half. So, I mean, you could do that with a lot of games. You could say that maybe they didn't... They could have easily lost the Chargers game. They... There were some plays there where, you know, if Kareem Jackson doesn't get to the pylon before yeah. Eckler or Alexander Johnson doesn't pick that pass off, could be very different. This was the first game one way or another that felt, like, decisive. You know? Exactly. There was no chance that the Titans were going to win this game based on the way the Broncos' defense played. But they're 2-4, they're and four and they can get within a game of the Chiefs. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. The Chiefs have lost two games in a row, so they come into this matchup at 4-2. and two. The Broncos... Two and four, so a big Thursday night game. Here's what uh, head coach Vic Fangio said about Thursday night's matchup. Well, I think every game's a measuring stick. But, you know, to your point, the Chiefs are the reigning champions in this division, I think, three years running. Um, So, you know, to some degree it is. But to me, every week's a measuring stick. Every week is a measuring stick, but he did acknowledge that hey, look, when you're going up against a team that's won the division for the past several years here, it means a little bit more. And if you want to win the division, you got to beat the best. Yeah, and that's particularly true for the Broncos because they haven't beaten the Chiefs since week two of the 2015 season. Seven in a row to the Chiefs. I remember that game. And before that, the Broncos had won seven in a row. So maybe maybe that's it. Maybe seven and seven and we're done. I hope so. I will say yeah. every day, every game is a measuring stick. It's like that... Uh, is that a Cheryl Crow song that's like, every day is a winding road? Sorry, I just, uh, <laughs> I kind of blacked out there. What happened? <laughs> it just kind of, it, like, like, it sounds like a song title. Mm. Like every game is a measuring stick. Or like that a... should be on like a, like a t-shirt. Got it. Got it. I do think that you got to bring it every week in the NFL. I think that's what he was trying to say. But 
What do you think about this matchup? Like you said, the Broncos with a win would be one game back of the Chiefs. That's true. And the Raiders uh, go on the road this coming weekend to to play the Packers, which you would, I mean, the Packers are clearly favored. You'd think that they'd be able to get that done for us. It'd be nice of them to return the favor after beating us there. You know. Yeah, we sent a gift package, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. we were like Aaron. Yeah. We didn't like what you did to us, but just take care of Oakland. Exactly. And exactly. so my, uh, you can be, you could be uh, sitting there Sunday evening, a game back in the division, like 19 days or something like that after being 0-4 and, and four games back in the division. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of nice to be able to go into that game and say, this game matters, you know, and it's important what uh, what happens here because the outcome could really you know, sway things in one direction or another. A win for the Broncos would mean three straight wins. That would mean that they improved to two and one in the division. And that would mean that the Chiefs had lost three in a row. And on Monday, it seemed like Andy Reid, based off of what you were saying on his conference call was, you know, he understood, uh, you know, that things maybe aren't so peachy right now in Kansas City. Yeah, it did sound like on the conference call, like uh, they had some issues to sort out and that that I take that more from his tone and kind of length of answer more than anything. And it's funny because the Broncos are two and four and the chiefs are four and two, and they're still on top of the division, but they're heading opposite directions. It feels like Patrick Mahomes is beat up. Uh, they've got all sorts of players out. Sammy Watkins missed a game, Chris Jones, um, you know, and then the Broncos here are surging. They got Kareem Jackson back. They're playing well. You're on a, you're on a short week at home, which I think 14, of the last 18 Thursday games, the home team has won. Yeah. And so th- there's a distinct advantage there. Well, the last two of, years. You're kind of catching them at the right time. Yeah. It does feel like you're catching the Chiefs at the right time. But I will say the last two years, the Broncos have gone on the road and won Thursday night games. So it's it, true. Is, it is possible. But, yes, you I would hope that back-to-back home games for the Broncos – they haven't had to travel at all during this little stretch here. So they uh, come into the facility on Monday, do some treatment, have some meetings, and then get right back into it on on Tuesday. And I, I saw an interesting stat. I'm trying to find it now. Um, this is Where's where, we, Emily when this is where the, we miss our podcast helpers. Um, the Chiefs, I think over the last three seasons, so I think 16, yeah, 16, 17, 18, I believe, the only division games – that the Chiefs have lost have been Thursday night football games. Oh, really? They have not lost a division game on any other day. Wow. I mean, they, if you remember, they lost to the Chargers at home last yeah, year. Yeah, late in the on season. That, right? I think it was 29-28 or something like yeah. that. The Chargers had that wide-open two-point conversion. A, a couple years before that, in 2016, when the Raiders were good, the Raiders beat them on Thursday night football. Hmm. Um, and so they've been they've been pretty dominant the last three years, as Vic Fangio mentioned, but seems like if there is maybe a, something that evens the playing field a little bit, it's, it's Thursday Night Football. Yeah, and I think that it helps both sides that you're facing a division opponent because you know the personnel and, and you sort of know what to expect. Although with Vic Fangio here now, it sort of throws a wrinkle in, in that mix. Uh, I'm sure that Andy Reid is well-versed in Vic Fangio's defenses from the – three-plus decades that Fangio's been in the NFL. Um, and I'm sure that Fangio's very familiar with what Andy Reid has done in Green Bay, in Philadelphia, and now in Kansas City. 
Yeah, and getting Vic kind of pulls the Broncos even because Andy Reid is such a good play caller and he designs all these all these crazy plays that are based off misdirection and whatnot that it felt like schematically they were ahead the last couple of years. And now with Vic and all that he's able to do in terms of, hey, how many guys are we going to rush? How many guys are we going to drop? You know, what, what are we going to disguise on this play? It's almost like now the Broncos have their own way to answer in that chess match. Two masterminds on their respective sides of the ball going head to head. That's what uh, it's uh, what you like to see, Eric. Yeah. So I just looked it up. Uh, the Chiefs over the last three seasons are sixteen and two in the division. Both those losses came on Thursday night football. <laughs> wow. Both losses on Thursday night. Yeah. Wow. Well, uh, they still have Patrick Mahomes, and that's he's a, that's a good record, sixteen and two. Sixteen and two. That's good. That's what the Broncos used to do. Yeah. Actually, they went on a streak there. What was it like? Fifteen, 15 road, straight road wins. Yeah, or road wins like in the division. The Broncos, since yeah. Super Bowl 50, have won two AFC West road games. Both against the Chargers. Yeah. <laughs> Boom, I knew it. Yeah, That's pretty good, huh? I told Thanks, you. LA. Yeah. Uh, but I would, like I was saying, the Chiefs still have Patrick Mahomes. The, he's going to create issues for this Broncos defense. And uh, Fangio was very complimentary on Monday. You know, I think he's, you know, like John Elway was in the 80s and 90s. He's that guy. Like Aaron Rodgers has been for the last 12, 14 years, however many years he's been starting. He's kind of that guy. He's the great passer, the great improviser, um, <clears throat> plays with a lot of athletic arrogance, which is a compliment. You know, he's very confident in his ability. He's very poised, um, doesn't get rattled, and he's got an arm that, you know, is really, really good, and he can make – all the throws they're asking him to make and some that they're not even asking him to make that just show up in his improvisations. So, you know, and he's good in the pocket, has great pocket feel. You can tell he's a gamer. You know, the guy is really, really special. There's a lot of praise there from Fangio talking about Mahomes there. Athletic arrogance. I love that. Yeah, he that said, was a good He said way. that about somebody earlier in the season. I think Rodgers. Uh, and it's just a great term. Hopefully not too much John Elway and Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, what do you think about that as someone oh. who, uh, obviously John Elway means a lot to this city. What do you think fans think when they hear that Mahomes is like John Elway? No, I mean, I like, think Don't that it's a... Don't you dare compare them. No, I think it's a very fair uh, description. Their Their athletic abilities are very comparable. Although I would say that I think Elway was a better athlete in terms of taken off and using his feet to move the ball, but their arm strength, both, uh, both could just put that ball anywhere they want. And like Fangio said, make any throw they ask him to make, and then also make throws that they don't ask him to make like that left-hander against the Broncos last year or the no look pass. Yeah. Well, Patrick Mahomes does already have more first team all pros than John Elway. How many Super Bowls does Mahomes have? Uh, zero. Yeah, how many did Elway have? It took him a really long time to get one. So. But I, I, no, no, how many did he have? He has two. Two. Yeah. Got it. So still a little ways to go there for Mahomes. Uh, that's that's fair. Um, Showtime. It is interesting to just uh, think about the difference in the game because the most touchdowns Elway ever threw in a season was 27. Yeah, but the game has changed. That's I mean, what the I rules. said. Yeah, but it's just that was 20 years ago, obviously, so it's a long time, but... Like 10 years ago, the game was fairly similar. 
Peyton was Peyton threw 49 touchdowns in 2004. Yeah, but even then the game was changing in the sense that like defenders weren't head slapping tackles and then diving at your knees to tackle the quarterback in the pocket. I know, you it's know? just it's just interesting that Mahomes essentially doubled John Elway's best season in his first season. That's crazy. Yeah, from, a pure, mean, I, from a pure numbers perspective, that's wild. I do think that Mahomes' season last year was incredible. Yeah, and he's he's not quite on pace to do that, but he's still on pace to throw more than 40 for the second year in a row, which not many quarterbacks even today get to. Now, what do you think that the Colts and Texans were able to do? Last week, the Chiefs against the Texans, only 24 points scored, and then the week before that against the Colts, 13 points. Is there some sort of a blueprint there, or do you think you just – Try to do what you, what's best for the Broncos. You hold the ball. You it's hold the possession. ball as much as you possibly can. Um, and last year, Mahomes kind of, this injury, it seems like it's really messed with him a little bit. Like he's not quite as mobile. He's still moving around the pocket, but he's not taking off as much. He's not as, uh, he's not scrambling around and kind of evading stuff the way he did last year. So I think that helps the rush. But yeah, the, I mean, the Colts and Texans are both teams that can run the football. And so... I think the Texans had the ball for 40 minutes and the Chiefs only had it for 20 minutes. And it was, they set a new record for the least amount of time they possessed the ball at home in a game, a 20, regular season game. 20 minutes? Yeah. Wow. It was like 20 minutes and 12 seconds or something and set a record. Yeah. I mean, I think the other thing to note is that both of those losses came at Arrowhead. Yeah. Not an easy place to go into. I mean, as you're talking about, the Broncos used to do it at will with Peyton, but they, They've really been, place to they win. haven't been close the last three times they've been there. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what the Broncos try to do. Uh, Fangio was asked about the screen game that Mahomes likes to uh, run a lot there. Uh, the Broncos will have to try and figure out a ways to to um, sort of snuff the, those plays out. I mean, you know, Alexander Johnson probably have, have to have a big game on Thursday night. Yeah, I agree. And I will say one more thing about the Colts and the Texans is that the Broncos are built – to win that type of game too, the Broncos' yeah, they running have game. Long drives. They have they have really long drives. The Broncos' running game with Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman. I bet you see a lot of that. I think it could be similar to the Packers game. Now, hopefully, you don't turn the ball over at the same pace, but you shorten the game. You keep it on the ground, and is it six or seven yard chunks at a time? If you can do that and get to 24, 28 points, uh, you're you're gonna have a chance to be right in it. You think they gotta get there? 28 points, is that the magic number? I would think so. And I have a hard time thinking that they're going to get to 28 just because that, I mean, they haven't been there in a while. Um, But I'm not, I could see them getting to 24 for sure. I'm just not sure if 24 is going to get it done against this team. Because even if you, even if they have the ball for 20 minutes and have seven possessions the whole game, I mean, I think Mahomes is still, he's good enough that he's going to score, you know, quite a bit. So, but that is going to give you the chance to be in it. And really, like, once you get to that point, then who knows what happens in the in the final few seconds. Yeah, I think that you just got to play smart football. I don't think you want to get into a shootout with these guys. Try and con- control the ball, pound it down the field, score touchdowns when you're in the red zone, don't turn the ball over, and, and you'll be right there at the end of the game. Well, and I will say that, the Texans, like we've talked before about teams needing to play a perfect game to beat the Chiefs. Texans didn't Not, do that. Nope. They, they fell behind early. Deshaun Watson threw two interceptions. They fumbled the ball. They had a lot of penalties, and they still won. So yeah. I don't 
Broncos fans, it seems like are really excited about this game. Just from talking to some people, both like media and then outside the organization, like, Hey, there's a big one coming up. Yeah. It's fun to play a big game. It's on prime time. You know, it's a national but, audience, but they shouldn't Broncos fans shouldn't feel like the Broncos have to play a perfect game to win this. They're a good no. enough team, especially with kind of the assistance of a short week and how beat up the chiefs are that they can win this game. If they go out and play, if they play the way that they played against the Titans or the chargers, they can win this football game. Yeah. And I think the Broncos have a, some momentum right now. I mean, there's a positive energy. You could feel things changing in the locker room. Guys are excited about the team. It's amazing what winning a couple of games really does in terms of just mindset and overall mood around the facility. It's made the podcast so much more exciting. It is a lot more exciting. And, uh, you know, the, the Broncos have missed Bosby's athleticism, but I thought that Devontae Harris started his first game ever in the NFL, and he played uh, pretty, pretty well against the Titans. Here's what Fangio had to say about Harris's first game. Yeah, he did all right, you know, for his first start in the NFL. Um, obviously, they caught some balls on him, but I think overall he did fine, you know, you know, considering where he's come from, you know, what's that saying? Uh, one man's trash is another man's treasure, you know. He didn't make Cincinnati squad, so we're glad to have him. Yeah, the Broncos are glad to have him. Uh, one man's trash is another man's treasure. I mean, Fangio was full of lines on Monday. Yeah, I like that. And he did say that Harris is going to continue to start. He'll start this game against the Chiefs. Yeah, and I wonder about, I mean, would that happen even if Duke Dawson is healthy, do you think? I'm not sure. I don't know. I mean, it sounded like he was overall pleased with the way that Harris played. Yeah. Well, and by the way, there's a lot of Harrises now on the defensive side are. of the ball. Shelby Harris, Devontae Harris, Chris, Chris Harris. Harris. Two of them went to Illinois State. Yeah. That's that's the well that the Broncos continue to go and find talent. Some teams go to Alabama. The Broncos go to Illinois State. Exactly. Whatever works. Hey, whatever works. It's getting the job done. Now, in the years past, we've talked about, hey, how are you going to guard all these offensive weapons that the Chiefs have? How are you going to guard Travis Kelsey? How are you going to guard Tyreek Hill? McCall Hardman now in that mix. It seems like the Broncos have been matching up well and facing, you know, t especially tight ends, haven't seemed to cause the same amount of problems that they've had in years past. Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest way you can tell that that's the case, we just, we haven't been talking about it. Exactly. We haven't said, hey, how are they going to stop this tight end? They've just been doing it. Uh, they had a little bit of, like Darren Waller made some plays for the Raiders, but not a ton. And Jimmy then, Graham for the Packers didn't really do yeah. a ton. So. What I will say is that Travis Kelsey is better than those guys. Yeah, he, I believe that Travis Kelsey is the best tight end in the NFL. Yeah, so he he's a challenge, but um, I mean, if you think that Chris can shut down Tyreek or at least limit him, then I like your chances of saying, "Hey, everybody else beat us." Because if you the games that have been here have been close. Yeah, I mean, no, we're, we're talking about last how year that four, four that point loss. To Demarius. Just off DT's fingertips. Year before, I believe it was three, and then the year before that, also three, when Cairo Santos banked one off the upright in overtime. Um, and to be fair, though, two years ago, that was the final game of the season. That was Patrick Mahomes' first start in the NFL. Correct. It was sort yeah, of a... That one didn't count. Yeah. In my eyes. Exactly. So, But last year, um, 
on Monday Night Football. That's where we where the term Showtime was. Uh, showtime. Showtime. Joe I Tessitore. Like, I like that. Of course. Yeah. Um, um, but so, uh, yeah, at, at uh, home, they've been close. They've been right there. The Broncos, before yesterday, were 1-7 in their last home eight home games. Now they're 1-0. and oh. Now they're 1-0. and oh. Kind of makes you think, huh? It does make you think. A new start. But that place was rocking on Sunday. It was, yeah. power field at Mile High was rocking. It's going to be crazy on Thursday night. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Bedlam. Yeah, really. Just kind of a madhouse. Yeah. Now we got one more thing to talk talk about here on the podcast before we wrap things up, and that is Deshaun Hamilton. That's your guy. He had two big catches against the Titans, and uh, Fangio had this to say about his confidence moving forward. It was good to see him uh, catch some balls and contribute, and hopefully this springboards him to better things. You know, he hadn't uh, had much production here in the early going. Sometimes just a couple good catches like that in a tight game, you know, will get you going, get get your confidence back up, you know. Like I you guys have heard me say, you don't need to go sit on somebody's couch to get your confidence up. You got to go out and make a play or two. And now all of a sudden your confidence is up. Another line there from Fangio about couches. I think depending on whose couch you sit on, it could really get your confidence up. Well, I know personally you sleep on couches all the time, right, Eric? That's, I just, well, yeah. You live on the couch. Exactly. I go from each of, like I go from your house to Swanson's house. Exactly. Back and forth and just sleep on the couch. Sometimes like. Your confidence is fine. After a game, I'll just fall asleep on the nearest couch. It can be inside, outside, wherever. Sometimes you sleep on the couch here at the facility. Well, I normally do that because I'm always grinding. Doing our things. Exactly. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I th- like, what if you were, like, on, uh, like, what if you fell asleep or what if you're on Oprah's couch and she was just like, you can do this. And her wisdom just, like. Yeah, exactly. Came through in the night. Yeah, or Shannon Sharp's couch and he's just, just screaming at you up. to get going. He's yeah. like, uh, uh, uh. Yeah, that is exciting. That would get me going. Uh. That would get you going. Your confidence would be boosted up. But anyway, but, but what Deshaun do you think Hamilton. about Deshaun? Yeah, let's get back to Deshaun Hamilton. Um, you know, I mean, part of the the problem here in terms of him um, in terms of him not getting targets is that Flacco hasn't thrown the ball a ton in a lot of these games. I mean, he's uh, he's only broken thirty. I guess he's broken thirty in half the games, but he had twenty and then twenty eight. <laughs> kind of just disproved your. You're like, oh, I. What about this? And then the numbers just kind well, of don't prove what you're saying. Yeah. I mean. I think that he's, he's had some drops. Yeah. Well, Joe Flacco did say after the game that he was impressed how Deshaun responded because sometimes when guys aren't involved for a few weeks, it takes some time to ease back in, and he made some good catches right away. Exactly. So it, it was surprising to see those drops from Deshaun Hamilton because Deshaun is one of the guys who, after practice, usually spends a considerable amount of time on the jugs machine Always working on cat, you know his craft. A lot of guys right. like to work on their craft. That's what we do. Like craft mac and cheese. Yeah, I love working on that. Exactly. Um, but I do think that Deshaun bounced back nicely. Couple catches there. Hopefully his confidence continues to rise because the Broncos will need that third wide receiver at some point in the season. And, you know, we, we don't really know what the status of Emmanuel Sanders is heading into Thursday night. He showed up on the injury report at the end of last week with a knee. Yeah. 
And then he left the game, obviously, with a knee injury. And he was ruled out pretty quickly. Yeah, and I wonder if that was not wanting to push it or if he wasn't in good shape before the game and they they said, like, we're... Maybe he wasn't quite ready to go full speed anyway or or what. He was estimated on Monday's practice report as limited. So not a DNP, which obviously they didn't practice. So, But that's the report. But the report is that he was limited. So I think that's a good sign for him potentially being available. It was reported that the Broncos were cautiously optimistic that he could be able to play Thursday. Um, even if he's just there in the red zone or as a decoy or whatever. Ooh, uh, Emmanuel Sanders is no decoy. Okay, maybe decoy is the wrong word. Maybe just drawing the attention away of one of their better cornerbacks so that Corlin Sutton can, you know, kind of go off or Deshaun Hamilton can get better looks. You you need uh, your weapons against the Chiefs. Yeah, I was going to say, I think that they need Emmanuel. And you saw against the Titans, they were trying to get the ball to him in different ways quick little screen pass here or there, you know, just trying to get the ball in his hands because I do think that he's the one guy other than Philip Lindsay where he can make something out of nothing. That's true. You know, and he, he can use his speed and just catch something and boom, you know, something electric happens. So when he's been in these types of games before he, he knows, he knows what it's like to play big time football games. Obviously he's made catches in AFC championships and super bowls and you know, he, super bowl. I think he, he played it. in a Super Bowl with the Steelers, too, didn't he? Um, Was he hurt? I'm not sure if he played in that Super Bowl. Got it. But um, He's made catches maybe. in Super Bowl. <laughs> See, it kind of sounds 50. Uh, but you referred to that uh, 2015 game at Kansas City, the last time the Broncos beat the Chiefs, mm-hmm. and he had some big plays in that game. He had a touchdown where he flipped into the end zone. I remember that. Yeah. Then he said, no more flipping. And then he kept flipping. And then he kept flipping. So I do think the Broncos, though, could use all of their weapons this week. And speaking about, you know, what Deshaun Hamilton in that third wide receiver spot, some guys are going to be coming off the IR here soon. I think Tim Patrick still has one more week where yeah. he's got to be on IR, but then he can return to practice, and then he has two more weeks right before he can uh, play in a game. So Correct. I think the earliest he could return because of where the bye week uh, lines up is week 11 against the Vikings. Yeah. But so the Broncos haven't given any indication who is going to come back, but Tim Patrick certainly could be a good option because he is a big bodied wide receiver. He's made some plays. Uh, we didn't really see him much in that Oakland game, but even before he went out, but last year he certainly proved that he can, he can make plays. If you happen to be the type of Broncos fan that no know, knows everything about the team and you know, you, you, look beyond everything you will know that the Broncos have a lot of guys on IR and they're going to have some tough decisions on who the two players they want to return are going to be. Yeah. Don't you think you don't think it's going to be difficult? I don't know how tough it'll be. Um, you, it's pretty clear in your eyes. Well, I don't oh, I, I'm not going to pretend to know what they're going to do, but what I would do is because guys that you put on right away were theoretic, Drew Locke, Jake, Bud. and Jake, Butt. And then you put Tim Patrick on IR after the Raiders game. Obviously, Bradley Chubb is on IR, but he's he's done. He can't come back. He's got well, he yeah, physically he physically cannot, cannot come, back. come back. And then you also put Devontae Bosby on IR. Most I would presume likely. that he's not going to come back. And so you're essentially you've got two spots essentially for four players. And the way I look at it as is 
the running game and the and the running backs in the passing game have been really good even without Theo Riddick. And so to me, that makes Theo Riddick kind of a luxury. And again, we don't we don't know if mm. he's ready to come back. We don't know which of these guys is physically ready. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't. There's nothing that I've seen has been like the Broncos are really missing something from their running backs. The running backs might be their best position group on the team. Yeah. And then with Jake Butt, my concern would be, are you going to use a spot to bring him back? Because we've seen Fumagalli inactive the last couple of weeks. He's been inactive. And plus, the last, like this year when Jake Butt started to try to play football, his knee just got sore immediately. And, and needed you don't a procedure. know if that's going to happen again. And if he comes back for one week and like feels that again, then you've wasted one of those two spots. So I would I would bring back Tim Patrick to bolster that receiving group. I, I think that that is a no-brainer to bring him back if he's ready. And then I think you want Drew Locke to have the experience of, even if he's going to be a backup the rest of the year, I think you want him to get that game day experience. Um, if, like, knock on wood, something happened to Flacco, I think you'd want Drew Locke to be the one in there taking those reps as opposed to Brandon Allen. Um, if the Broncos clinch home field and they need to rest their starters in week 17. Maybe Drew Locke can play then, but I think you just want him around the team, get him back to practice, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. I think that that makes a lot of sense for his development. It's just, uh, you got to think about this year's team and John Elway was pretty clear on Friday night when he met the media at the ring of fame ceremony, he said, look, we're trying to win games now. And you know, nobody's going to be on the trading block and, he made things pretty clear that they're all in on this season in terms of we're just trying to win as many games as possible. And if you think that you might need, you know, a weapon here or there, you know, maybe Drillock doesn't make the most sense to come back. But but I think a lot of the things you said make sense. For his development, you want him to be able to practice with the team. You want him to, if something happens, be able to get some game reps. But would you not bring Drew Locke back? Would you pick one? Of, would you pick Theo Riddick or Jake Butt? Uh, I or think, would you just use one and then wait and see what happens? Because there is a possibility that if somebody gets hurt before, like before week eight, that you could yes. bring him back at the end of the year for yeah, a pl- exactly. for a playoff push. I, I I just think that the decision isn't as uh, black and white as maybe you do. I do think I that do. they're, they're going to have to make a decision. But the one guy who I definitely think they'll want to bring back is Tim Patrick. Yeah. And I haven't seen, like, and it's, I, this isn't to say he hasn't been around, but just cross, in crossing in the locker room and stuff like that, I haven't seen him recently. So I, don't, uh, I saw him before the Jacksonville game. He was on it. the bench. I don't know if he's still wearing a brace or what. but I do uh, think that things have progressed nicely with his injury. That's good. So... That was a, a thumb or a, a sort of a, a hand. thumb, I think. Yeah, yeah. Type of deal. So, or maybe he broke his hand. I think it was his hand. He was definitely wearing something on his hand. So, was it a glove? Was it cold? It was not cold. Hand injury. Yeah, hand. Per me, out uh, with a hand. Well, you are the injury boy. That's true. So uh, we talked about a lot of different things uh, here on the podcast. Oh, one last thing. Uh, Fangio was wearing a Colorado School of Mines hat. Yeah, what did you think about that? What did you think? I love it. You know, it's almost like uh, like if you go Buffs or you go uh, Rams. That's like the obvious. Well, plus in your picking sides, you're going to alienate somebody if you do that. But everybody loves Mines. Everybody loves Mines. You're not, you're not annoying anybody by, by repping Mines. That's true. Plus Mines had a... Uh, 
my high school, they're the same logo as my high school. So I was like, Vic's repping my high school. Just an M. Correct. Wow. Yeah. Well, a lot of people like uh, the Colorado School of Mines. Great engineering school. Great engineering school. And Golden, that's uh, not where they make Bud Light. Correct. <laughs> yeah, yeah, correct. Yeah, no, but not correct. Bud Light. Correct. 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 Exactly. Um, so he was wearing a Colorado School of Mines hat. Anyway, let's uh, wrap up what we talked about here. We talked about the Broncos' big win over the Titans. Then we talked a, a little bit about the Broncos' game against the Chiefs coming up on Thursday night. It's a measuring stick game, Eric. Man, if they win this, I'm going to be jacked up. You got 10 days then to get healthy for a Colts team. You can get back to 500. If they win this one, I'm going to switch my ringtone to Shannon Sharp. Uh, uh, then we talked about Patrick Mahomes. Little like John Elway, little like Aaron Rodgers, according to Vic Fangio. A couple of good guys to be like. That's true. We talked about Devontae Harris uh, stepping into the starting role, into the starting lineup, and he's uh, pretty good. He had a pretty good game against the Titans. We'll see. Oh. This is a big test. I'll tell you uh, night. one good uh, recommendation or maybe um, platitude for 27 is that former intern Zach Pirillis texted me and said, I like that 27 kid. Was he talking about? Uh, I said Steve, Steve Atwater? Atwater. Yeah. Yeah. He said he was not. He said he was talking about Harris. No Sean Moreno? No nope. son. Didn't Ooh. work. Ooh. Probably one of your worst moments on the show. Yep. And then we uh, talked about Deshaun Hamilton and uh, his growing confidence after making a couple of big catches against Tennessee. Time for shout-outs, Eric. Um, Well, to start off, we have one guest shout-out request from Emily Samanskis. Unable to join us today in studio, as we said, uh, vet day. She said, uh, please give a shout-out to Snuggles. Her cat. Her cat, who I don't think is named Snuggles at its current home. Different name now for Snuggles. I don't recall its name. I think it's like Molly or like... A human name? Yeah. Oh. Um, I like Snuggles. That's a good name. But I think, Eric, you and I are more dog people. That's true. Shout-out to Ryder. As a... As uh, my Twitter profile says, not a cat person, definitely a cat's person. Uh, Snuggles is also known as Callie. Callie. Uh, per a text message from Cafeteria Source, uh, Snuggles over Callie forever. Wow. Yeah, so, so interesting. You, yep. But yeah, sh- uh, shout out to Ryder and Javi. Javi. Sometimes. I love that dog. Yep. Gonna buy that dog. <laughs> Any other shout outs? Uh well we gotta do our community shout outs to That's Liz Manis. Liz Manis was just outside the window of the podcast recording studio. That's true. I'll tell you one thing that was cool in uh over the weekend, Fantennial weekend. Uh-huh. They they took the alumni that were back in town, Broncos top one hundred team, select members of uh, the one hundred team were back in town. And they loaded up a bus. They went out to Arvada. Did they mean to? To a youth football festival. 
That's cool. And it was pretty cool. Like uh, Champ Bailey was on the sidelines. Bobby uh, Mestis. Uh, Bobby Mestis was uh, running the whole thing. When you got Champ good. Bailey, Al Wilson, and Bobby Mestis in the same place, you know it's a good event. Yeah. There's a video recapping that that uh, yours truly put together. I was grinding this weekend, more I'll tell a, you more what. More of a White Claw guy. Not a big Truly fan. No. There's Sponsorship, no yeah. Get those at King Supers. Of course. If Yeah. Yeah, I would say if White Claw wants to sponsor this podcast, they should, but I don't know if that's allowed. <laughs> I don't think that's allowed. It could be uh, just text, text me at White Claw. <laughs> um, it was a cool event, though. The kids thought it was cool getting to see some. Uh, of course, see a Hall of Famer like Champ Bailey. Yeah, very cool. And uh, when well, the the community was also invited out on uh, Friday night for the Top yeah. 100 ceremony, some and fans the, gave footballs to uh, the members of the top 100 team, which was pretty cool. I'm sure for a fan, yeah. if you're giving a ball to Shannon Sharp or John Elway or Peyton Manning. Really cool. Yeah. And you then, tried to you tried to take one of them. I tried to get in there, yeah, but I just like, Phil, get out of out. I will say for me, it was a very cool weekend because I grew up sort of uh, idolizing some of these guys as, mm. as a big Broncos fan. So it was cool to... Uh, like Gene Mingo? See like a those lot guys? Gene Mingo. Yeah. That was Floyd a little, little before my time. Oh, but, okay. Uh, yeah, Shannon Sharp. It was. Uh, it's always good to catch up with him. Bunch of guys. Just uh, Dennis Smith was here. It's just a lot of cool. It's cool to see those guys get back together and uh, true. interact. And you can, yeah, you can tell they because uh, they don't see each other that much. So it was cool seeing them catch up with each other. And their stories just uh, are not remotely close to what actually happened anymore. <laughs> you know. Yeah, it's like it's like listening to you talk about anything. Exactly. Just a little yeah, bit you're bigger. Like, remember when I did that one video yeah. where I talked to seven living presidents? Eight million views. Yeah. Yeah, that is what I do. It's not an article. Of course, not too much going on in the community this week because the Broncos are playing on Thursday night. Crucial catch game, though. Fight like a it, Bronco. It, but, yeah, I was going to get to that. Oh, I was sorry. going to say it sorry. is a crucial catch game. So fight like a Bronco. The Broncos uh, raising money for the American Cancer Society. And that's all forms of cancer. Yep. Very inclusive. It is. And the Broncos have done a lot of visits to... Uh, Children's Hospital. Children's Hospital. And UC, UC Health. Health. Um, so it's been nice. Yeah, and they're selling uh, some actually really cool merchandise. Uh, some Fight Like a Bronco merchandise. they got Pop Sockets t-shirts. Um, so I think you can find that uh, maybe at Broncos Off-Field. I'm sure they're promoting it. You find out some information about that. Yeah, I got a few yeah. pop sockets. You do? Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. I get. I get. I liked the logo. K Jack TV pop socket or no? Uh, fight like a Bronco. Fight like a Bronco. And then I have. I now have a Mr. B pop socket. Oh. Yeah. Got that at uh, the Ring of Fame ceremony. Oh yeah, I got one too. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Nice event. Really nice event put on by the Broncos organization. Yeah. All right, so is that Anything it? else? Uh, Where can people listen to this? Yeah, uh, Emily? Uh, they can watch uh, or listen to on iTunes. Emily, I thought that you weren't here today. Yeah, weird. Hello. Oh, why? Well, just uh, popped in here. Yeah, Emily, good to see you. Good to see you. Yeah, good to see you, Emily. What are you doing? Hello. All right, enough of that, Emily. You can listen to the podcast on Stitcher iTunes, Spotify now, crazy. Spotify. Tune in, 
Stitcher. Yep, said that one. Tune in. Or wherever you get your podcasts. iTunes. Or the Denver Broncos 365 app. Have you ever thought about it, though? It's like uh, anybody who would listen to this is already listening to the neutral zone, and they already know where to get it, so why do we always say it? Well, can I – I would say this. Um, the other day I listened to a podcast on uh, Spotify just because I was curious, like, what was on there as I was looking for the, the user experience. Broncos Audio Zone. We should mention that you need to search Broncos Audio Zone. You do have to search Broncos Audio Zone. To get to the neutral zone. It's kind of odd. The neutral zone. But that's how it is. And so I found this podcast that I liked, and then I uh, subscribed to it on iTunes because I found mm-hmm. out that I could subscribe to it on iTunes. Uh-huh. Yeah. So that's and why we say happened. it. Well, and then now it's just on my phone. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. So now I don't have to go back to Spotify every time. But what if you just, what if you saw it on Spotify and then you went to it on iTunes? That's what I'm saying is that you're letting oh, people, you c- oh, you're it, letting people it. know that it's on iTunes. Got it. So if you're listening right now on Spotify, check it out on iTunes. Well, or if you were just on our website, clicking around like people do, I'm sure, digesting all sorts of content, and you found this podcast, and you spent that's the true. next 45 minutes listening to it. That's true. Then maybe you're like, I can't get enough. Yeah. Uh, one thing that uh, would be cool is if you reached out to us on Twitter, at Eric Delala with an A, at Phil Milani with a PH, yeah. Let us know what you uh, think of the neutral zone. If you record a, a message or something and a, then a send question. it to us, maybe a question. Yeah. Send it to us and we'll play it here on the show and we'll answer the question. Or if you just have a comment and or we'll anything just react like that, to it. we'll play it. Yeah. You have my word that we'll play it if, unless you're just crazy. Then we'll definitely play it. Then we'll, def- we'll play it a multiple times. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you're exactly. off your rocker, we're, we're going <laughs> to play it a lot. We're you might even get to a, you. We've started to make a little uh, a theme intro, if you will. Not quite a theme song, but an intro to the podcast. Yeah. Maybe you Referee, could be featured in that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so, that was, uh, I liked that part at the beginning. Yeah. The Did referee like during that? the Titans game said yeah. neutral zone and fr- or lined up in the neutral zone. It's weird how he said it multiple times and then lowered his voice really low. Yeah, yeah. Well, I turned to you and I said, I'm always in the neutral zone. Exactly. Me too. So? Me too. All right. Well, I hope you enjoyed this this show here on a Monday. When are we going to be back? We'll be back Wednesday, I think. Wednesday. So make sure you listen uh, Wednesday afternoon. We won't leave you alone for too long. Thursday morning. Maybe you're coming out to the game. You want to enjoy the game. And you want to get tune-up so that you can talk to your friends and be like, oh, guess what? Did you know X, Y, Z about the game tonight? Yeah. We'll tell you the X, Y, Z. So make sure you listen. The 411. Yeah. No, no, no. Um, 451. You, that's right. Yeah. When the, are we going to be back Friday after Vic's press conference? Yeah. If he talks on Friday, I think maybe we can do something. Okay. Yeah. We'll so. see. Anyway, uh, hope you enjoyed this edition of the Neutral Zone. We'll be back Wednesday getting you ready for the Chiefs game, a big one, Thursday night. So make sure you... Uh, 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 maybe they could just play that in the stadium again. I've just been Even playing that in my there. headphones all yeah. day in the office. I've just been playing just it in my Shannon, head. Come on! You've been playing it in your headphones? I've just been playing it in my head. It's just over and over. It's kind of nice that way. Yeah. Anyway, we'll be back Wednesday, so uh, make sure you check that out. But until then, for Eric Dalala, I'm Phil Milani. You've been listening to The Neutral Zone.